This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com So my, my point is, if you have an idea, just start, just start somewhere. And you don't have to, you know, have everything ready, all the ducks lying in a row and everything. Just start, you know, sometime, you know, just do a drawing, just do a cardboard um, mock-up um, or prototype or, but please start somewhere and just do the first step and then the second and then the third. The Bootstrap Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together, celebrate and give a voice to Australia's entrepreneurship community. On the podcast, we speak with the movers and shakers of Australia's entrepreneurship community to give a glimpse into the future of business. Bootstrap Podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. Philip Guitard is a award-winning international industrial designer with over 25 years of experience in industry. He has launched numerous successful products, which is also helped by his background in mechanical engineering. In 2013, he founded his Melbourne design studio, D2 Design and Development. Philip is also the founder of CableStop, a cable management device, which was successfully funded on Kickstarter. Overall, Philip design have helped reach over two hundred million in revenue. Philip's vision is to help change the way we produce and consume things by designing a purposeful products, companies, and untimely for the triple bottom line: profitability, profitability, environmental sustainability, and social responsibility. You can check him on social at www.d2melbourne.com.au on his website philipspeaks.com you can check cablestop.com.au or you can search him on LinkedIn Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Welcome to the Bootstrap Podcast under Osport Syndicate. How are you today? I'm very well, Miko. Thank you so much for inviting me today. So, to our audience and our listeners as well, can you tell us about yourself? Sure. So, uh, I'm an industrial designer from trade, I would say. But um, I always had a bit of a, a different angle, different spin on how to do industrial design. So if we look back in time, um, I had two degrees, one in mechanical engineering and one in industrial design. And that allowed me to have a better understanding of the process of mass manufacturing, which meant that everything that I was sketching, I was, about to, uh, I was able to uh, manufacture. Well, I knew how to manufacture. So that gave me an edge from day one. And then after 28 years now in the industry, I did a couple of other skills uh, and developed a very specific methodology, uh, especially for startups and founders and entrepreneurs. 
I'm very curious, uh, Philip, on, on this idea, transforming ideas into a million dollar products. Can you elaborate that? So I'm, I'm very curious about that one. Okay, so um, a lot of people have ideas and few really actually execute on them. And in a domain of physical product, what people call hardware, um, hardware product or product design in hardware or physical products, uh, it's probably the riskiest venture you can probably do at, the, at that current um, time and context. Um, if you think the failure rate in small business is high, the failure rate in hardware and physical product is even higher. And there are numerous reasons for that. Um, one is it's, it's by nature difficult. And two, um, there are a lot of common mistakes being made even today. And so my goal is to really help entrepreneurs avoid all the main and the, the, the obvious mistakes so that they de-risk their venture. So that's what I mean when I turn idea into million dollar products. It's, um, it's something that I've achieved in the past and keep achieving, but mostly it's about de-risking the venture and helping the entrepreneur avoid the main pitfalls. All right, so let's go back. So you started your first design studio when you are 22. Can you tell me how it started? The beginnings were very humble. So I just had my, my degree under my belt and, and my folio as a, as a student. And uh, at that time, there were a bit of an economic downturn, at least in France, which meant that I was just trying to get a job at the beginning. And I went from one studio to the other and they said, okay, well, you have a nice folio and I like what you're doing, but we're, we're currently firing industrial designers. So there's no way we're going to hire you anytime soon. And I thought, okay, that's fine. And uh, what I just did is I just went out there and started knocking on doors and saying, okay, well, you know, if you do manufacturing, and I was in an area where there were still a fair bit of manufacturing. And I said, you know, if you do manufacturing, I'm a designer, I understand engineering. I, I think I can really help you. And that's how the whole venture started. And what I mean, humble beginnings, is um, the first client I landed, I didn't have absolutely any money or any equipment. So I had to ask for a deposit so that I can buy some markers and some paper so that I could sketch and then move to the next phase. And I had another deposit and a bit of money so that I can hire some CAD stations and, and do the CAD design to you know, uh, fulfill the, the project needs and everything. So very humble beginnings. My iOS, your podcast journey starts here. Take first steps on your side. Hustle with us. It starts with a great domain. Get your podcast web host with us. Check them out at myios.com. So on 2019, you've done a TED Talk about mm -hmm. the three bottom line. So my question is that this one is you said, we can do better, be better, change the mm -hmm. way to design and consume. All we need is a mind shift. Can you elaborate that? Yeah, yeah, I can dive into that. So it's it's a kind of a very funny paradigm I have observed and it's, you know, in the last 20, 25 years or something. So the paradigm is the following. If you're an entrepreneur and you think that um, protecting the environment is an additional cost, then it will land as a, an additional cost, and then you will lower your profit margin and you won't be happy. But if you take in a different mindset, a different perspective, you think um, protecting the environment is something that we have to do, and it's an opportunity to do and design better, then 
you you find solutions, ideas, concepts that you wouldn't have thought before because you have this kind of open mind. And very often you have better and higher profit margin. So just to dive a tiny bit on, on this one, um, many years ago, I've designed a, a product um, for a company that was needed innovation. And we were required uh, to do um, uh, environmental impact. And, and we tried a methodology called cradle to cradle. And the idea of that methodology is to lower the environmental impact and have a more sustainable product. By doing so and, and, and by also creating other value proposition, we had a product that at the end had four times the profit margin on any other product in the range. So it's not one or the other. It's like, okay, if I do environmental, then I'm going to lose something. It that's not that's not it at all. It's just you know if you jump into that space and and then think differently and find different opportunities, then you can have a good product that is respectful and make money. What is your health and intention advice to? individual who is want to start up a business? So my specialty is physical products. So I wouldn't be able to answer for other ventures like digital, or, you know, but the main advice is get started. And it could be a side hustle. It could be a weekend, you know, every now and then spend a bit of time, but by all means, please get started. Um, thinking about an idea won't bring you any um, long-term benefit, but if you really start acting on your idea and and maybe getting a bit of advice and, and moving forward and you know um, you, you don't need to when, when you walk through a fog you don't need to know exactly where you're going you just need to put one step in front of the other and then discover what's going to happen and, and you know along the way you'll figure things out but my first advice is to really please really get started it's an exciting journey very exciting journey and um that's the first. The second one is maybe ask for help. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, necessarily of an industrial designer, but it could be a mentor. It could be someone that's been in business long enough. It could be, you know, a business partner that complements your own skills. But, you know, having a bit of support on the side is, is quite, quite nice. Have you experienced any, have you experienced imposter syndrome when you're starting up as an entrepreneur, designing this uh, amazing design that you're doing? Have you have you experienced um, an imposter syndrome? No, not really. Uh, Sometimes I was questioning myself. Is like, oh, is that the right thing to do and everything? But I, because of the methodology I have, I always do something and then check if it's you know suitable or valid, valuable. So it tends the process tends to validate itself, and 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 because I'm a man of action too, um, it does reduce that risk of imposter syndrome. Um, the, I, I may have had imposter syndrome as a speaker, for example, um, cause that's something new that I added to my skills later. Uh, I'm just, you know, I started like five years ago. Um, so that's something a bit new and, and maybe a couple of times when I went on stage, I was, you know, am I, you know, am I legit to be here or something? But uh, again, it's, it's not so much about me. It's, it's about the outcome and how you can inspire people. It's about the audience. So. The imposter syndrome, if I if you have it, uh, dissolves very very quickly because it's ultimately it's not really about you. So, this podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency 
with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. So you're saying that you're starting doing some speaking engagement. Yes. What do you think as an entrepreneur, is that a good thing as an entrepreneur have additional skills like being a speaker? Is that a good thing? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> maybe you don't have to be a keynote speaker if you're an entrepreneur, but uh, knowing the skills of um, public speaking is definitely, definitely a big advantage. Um, and, and you see that on, you know, pitch night for startups and everything. Uh, you have sometimes the technical entrepreneur is going to talk about the features of his product or, you know, and, and that's, frankly, it's, it's annoying unless you're a technician in the same exact industry and you have some common interest. For most people, it's very annoying. But what's not annoying is telling a story. You know, um, you can tell that you have an app that connects people and everything, and you can tell about uh, the algorithm and the AI that's going to help generate all that. And all you can say, okay, um, we have this app that knows where your family is. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a, a map that's going invest, to investigate your whole family and your whole ecosystem around that and find and ping the people so that you can start having conversation with family that you forgot about. That's the story. And that's more interesting. So it's it's you don't have to be a keynoter, you don't have to be on stage, but knowing the skills and the craft of telling the story, that, that's something that entrepreneurs maybe should learn. So they have to have a good uh, like a public speaking so that they can tell the story of their startup. That's what yeah, definitely, Miko. Yeah, I think telling knowing how to tell the story, that's 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 definitely a plus. So do you think that innovation today is different than it was 10 years ago? Um, I, I would say in principle, no, because you know innovation is always trying to find something new and something a bit better and more relevant to the time. Um, and yes, because there are new things happening because there are, there's a new pace. Uh, things, things are accelerating uh, a bit and even in product design and uh, th there is also new tools so you have tools today that we didn't have a few years ago and um, and I think those tools like uh, you know AR VR and they, they're going to keep increasing and, and getting better so that we can innovate maybe quicker but also more collaboratively Sorry. Can you tell us about the cable stop that you have? So the company that you have right now and the yeah. D2 studio? Yeah, definitely. So the cable stop was created um, by our studio. So it's a small cable management device such as this, and it helps secure your cables on your desk. So the whole idea of cable stop is to do a, um, a good job. Like it has to be what I call thoughtful design. And when you have cable stop, you can have cables of different uh, size on your desk. You just have to put that on your cables and it's going to adapt to the height. So you don't have to do anything. It's very intuitive. It's very quick. It's very efficient. 
And the other thing that differentiates CableStop from other cable management devices is that it doesn't lock you in one place. And especially these days when we need to work from home and then the next day we need to work at the office and the next day we work in the living room and not in the kitchen anymore, you need to have that flexibility. And CableStop really um, brings that. That's for the technicalities, I would say, of, of the product. But more than that, CableStop also is the embodiment of the triple bottom line. So it's people, planet, and profit. CableStop is uh, manufactured in Europe. And, and I know the place and the people that manufacture CableStop, and I know how it benefits this uh, small ecosystem over there. And it's been, um, it's been designed with sustainability in mind. So a few aspects of CableStop is that it's long-lasting. It's not a product that's going to collapse or break after you know, three or six months. Uh, you, you're going to have cable stuff for the next 20 years. And it's also part of the circular economy, meaning that at the end of the life cycle, you just dismantle the product and then you can reuse the material. And because there's no mechanical constraint specifically, the material is pretty much as good as new and then can re-enter the circuit of uh, mass manufacturing. So next question I have is about the triple bottom line. So. Can you elaborate, can you explain to us what is the triple bottom line and how did you formulate this, how it started? So I, I, I'm not the one who formulated the, the, who coined the triple bottom line expression, uh, but the bottom, the triple bottom line is, you know, people, planet and profit. You, we all know that all businesses run with the bottom line uh, as, a, as a goal. Um, and that's, that's just money, but uh, money doesn't, you know, bring, anything else than just money itself. And, and because of the economies that coined the term uh, externalities, it means that when you run a business, you have externalities, which is everything that is you know, beyond your control and you don't have to care about. But those externalities are causing pollution, are causing distress, are causing social tensions, inequalities, and all that. And I, I think that's one of the major flow of the current system. I think we need to re-address uh, that. So the, the whole idea of the triple bottom line is to kind of course correct this. So you need to, of course, make profit because that's important. Uh, you need that to sustain the company that you care about. But you also need to care about people on the planet. Um, <clears throat> depleting the environment and, and, and not caring about the environment, that's, that's an issue. And people say that the current pandemic that we are witnessing is due of the impact, the human impact on the environment. We've been reducing the ecosystems for animals and that creates a promiscuity that leads to a virus crossing the barrier from animals to human. So it makes sense to care, um, of, um, to care for the environment. And also there is a social impact and the social impact is not necessarily um, having a social enterprise, social impact for me is to care about the people that are in the ecosystems of the product that you're manufacturing or selling. And, and you have, of course, your suppliers, you have uh, the wholesalers, the distribution, the retail. So there are many, many people when you really look closely. And the idea of the social impact is uh, how can I make their life better? Is this triple bottom line can be uh, used for their startup? Yeah, definitely, because it can give you a point of differentiation. Uh, and it's also a factor of innovation. So instead of producing the same device that you had somewhere else and you want to just copy and paste and, and drop ship or you know, do the current Amazon entrepreneur thing, 
um, you can also think a bit deeper and say, okay, what, what can I bring? What could be a value in that market that hasn't been done yet? And, and then you can think about the impact. And because of that, you're going to design and think about your business differently. Uh, doing so, you're going to have a different value proposition and some people will definitely buy into that. So one of, I see one of, you've been practicing meditation for over 25 years now. That's so true. is that, how did it started for that meditation? How did you? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I can tell you the, the, the starting point. Um, I used to be diagnosed as a hyper anxious uh, teenager. So in a nutshell, like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Everything will freak me out. Like I would get, you know, super anxious very, very quickly about pretty much anything. And, and anxiety just about the mind, you're telling yourself stories and your mind is spinning around stories and stories and more stories. And, um, I moved to Canada to study industrial design. And that was the, the big dream of my life. Like design was the thing I really, really deeply and heartfully wanted to do. And after one month of studying at uni university, I had, I've lost hope um, and sleep uh, because I was decent in English. Like my English was good, but not good to the point of understanding the art language required in, in the design courses. So it meant that when we, um, when I was having a design course, I, I, I understand very, very little. And because of that, I was very, very stressed because I really wanted to achieve and I had no clue about what the teacher was saying. So because of that stress, I started you know, to lose sleep. And, and one of my uh, neighbors at the um, residence um, was studying neuropsychology and brain, um, you know, brain functions. And one night I, I, mean, I just knocked on his door and I said, uh, okay, you're studying the brain. You've, probably know a couple of things about, you know, how, how this works. I can't sleep anymore. I'm too stressed. What should I do? And his reply was, oh, okay. Well, it was very simple. It's either you take a pill or you calm your mind and practice meditation. And I answered, I don't like taking pills. I'm going to try the other thing. And that's how the, the journey started. Uh, the journey started with uh, practicing mindfulness. And the idea is to kind of control control your mind, but not in a military physical sense of control. It's control with openness. The more you open your mind, the more your mind is spacious, the more control you have over your mind. And, and then you apprehend, then you move into the world with a different sense or different flavor, I would say. So that's how the, this journey started. So the reason I'm asking that question about meditation because being an entrepreneur, do you experience a burnout as an entrepreneur and how you cope with that? I, I, did, uh, I did experience a couple of burnouts in my career in the last 28 years. Um, it's, I, I think it's, it's a matter of uh, being too involved with your own creation or something. So you, you, you work long hours sometimes and you just want to succeed and, and put the energy in. And if you don't pay attention, you can also erode your mental state and also your physical state. And um, so there are a couple of times in my life where I didn't pay enough attention to that. And I, 
I didn't have like the proper burnout, but I got really tired and I had to, you know, step back, reassess the situation, and take control again of my life, the diet, the exercise, the mindfulness, and all that. So, in, in that regard, um, I think meditation can really bring a number of benefits. One is you have a better awareness of where you're at, and and you can. I think you can go close to the burnout, but you can probably stop before things get really bad um, because you sense that there's something off and you need to do something about it. So next question I have is, um, aside from the burnout, okay, so any other challenges to your entrepreneurial journey? Well, I think being an entrepreneur is, is about assessing risk and taking those risks. Um, and I, I can't remember who said that, but um, I, I read a quote recently who was around, how do you make good decisions? And you make good decisions by making a lot of bad decisions. And I think that's a, that's a bit of a summary of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, being an entrepreneur, you need to make decisions all the time. And, and you're gonna make a lot of bad decisions, but you're gonna learn from that, hopefully. And, and because you learn, then eventually you get better at making you know, better and more wise decisions. So I think that's, that's, that's the journey of the entrepreneur is like, you, you need to learn how to keep moving forward, um, keep learning. And then I think the better you are that, the better you are de-risking and, and taking much better decisions. Do you believe in work-life balance as entrepreneurs? I, I never quite understood this theme of work-life balance. Um, and again, I respect that people want to reach that and, and do that, and that's, that's fine. Um, for me, the, the design is my passion. So I would design stuff even though I would not have clients and get paid. I would still do stuff and, and tinker in the shed and you know and sketch and so for me being creative and being entrepreneur is part of who I am. And I don't see me being in the office separated to you know being part of my life. And and I have a family and you know I have friends, family, and all that, and I, I try to make time for all that too. Uh, but for me, I, I don't see that as a as a structure, like some people are really looking for a structure for work-life balance. For me, I see that as a balance, meaning it's like riding a bike. You know, when you ride a bike, if you ride a bit slowly, you need to move a bit, you know, better left and right. If you ride faster, then you can really stay still nearly, you know. Uh, but it changes all the time because of the context. So the work-life balance, there are weeks that will work a lot. And then the other wings, I can really step back and spend more time with my son. And so it's it's going with the flow, but I don't have really a template or a goal to work you know, less because I need more time here. Or, you know, I just make that happen. Thank you for that um, explanation about work-life balance. So what is your favorite book when you're starting up as an entrepreneur? Hmm. There is a book I really, really like um, that's been out for a number of years now. It's called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And it's a book about marketing. And if I need to summarize that book in, a, in 30 seconds, it's about 
most businesses make the mistake of being the hero or their own story. So if you look at that, you see that everyone is like, okay, I'm a consultant. I'm good. I have this award. I have achieved this and that. And, and they present themselves as being you know, the, the hero. Uh, <clears throat> but if you re really want to succeed in business, you, you need to uh, shift that paradigm and make the customer the hero and you are the guide. And of course, large companies um, know how to do that very well. So you have Apple with, you know, think different and Nike, just do it. Um, just do it. It's like you are, you buy shoes so that you can be the hero, be the runner, be the athlete and thrive to have a better health and better fitness and everything. And, and Nike is just a guide. And that makes them this kind of premium positioning. So the book Building a Story Brand is all about that. And uh, Donald Miller offers a kind of framework so that you can do that yourself. How about the podcast? Any favorite podcast that you're listening right now? We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Yeah, definitely. So there's a good podcast that I really like. Um, it's called um, Open Question by Elizabeth Matisse Namjal, and she's a meditation teacher. She's a very good meditation teacher, by the way. And, and I like this idea of open question because um, there's a big trend in meditation where I call that transactional meditation. So people meditate because they want an outcome. They want to be this way. They want to feel this way. They want to be more productive or something. But actually, the real goal of meditation is enlightenment. And, and in order to achieve that, you need to um, have a more spacious mind. And in order to do that, you need to also um, have this mindset or attitude of an open question. So when you sit in meditation and you have this goal of achieving, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose. But if you sit in meditation and think, okay, what's going to happen today? Oh, I see that there's anger and resentment happening here. Well, let's, let's have a look into that. That's interesting. And then you dive into that world of emotion and thought and story with this kind of open question. And the podcast is all around that. And she has really great guests. And, and, she, and she's a very good teacher, too. So she's know the thing or two about meditation. Um, so it's a very good very good podcast that um, cuts the transactional meditation trend. Thank you for that. Um, so do you have any final advice, anything else you want to share with our audience who is thinking of starting up? As yeah, I, I do. I, I do because I have meeting with entrepreneurs and sometimes I see the look on their face when they have an idea and we just Google that and it's already out there because they've been waiting for years and years. I had, um, I had a meeting, I don't know, that, let's say a few months ago with an entrepreneur that uh, shared the story about his idea and everything. And he had the idea for, I don't know, seven years or something. He had done nothing about it. And he thought, oh, one day I will, one day I will. And suddenly, you know, we just Google something and this idea is out there. Someone's been launching the product three months ago and that was his idea. So my, my point is, if you have an idea, just start, just start somewhere. And you don't have to, you know, have everything ready, all the ducks lying in a row and everything. Just start, you know, sometime, you know, just do a drawing, just do a cardboard 
um, mock-up um, or prototype or but please start somewhere and just do the first step and then the second and then the third. Thank you so much. So for our listener and audience who wanted to have a chat with you, contact you in case you know, mm -hmm. wanted to be on speak, speaker or something, how they can contact you, Philip? Uh, well, they can contact me on LinkedIn. If you type Philip Gisha on LinkedIn, you will probably find me. Uh, I also have a website called d2melbourne.com.au. And on that website, um, there's a, a PDF that you can download that's going to give you all the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs do. And also you can schedule a session with me if you have an idea and want to start executing. All right. Thank you so much for that. So all the links will be on the show notes. So so the so if you have any question, anything that you want to ask Philip, it gonna, I'm going to put that on the show notes as well so that you can click and have a chat with him. And of course, please subscribe and share this podcast to other entrepreneurs as well so that they can learn more. And also thank you to my sponsor. It's Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. It's a podcast management service to engage your thinking of getting... Um, creating a new podcast and launching a new podcast, they can help you. So book them at kangaroofirm.com. Thank you so much. And see you again for another episode Thank of you, podcast podcast. So bootstrap podcast under Osborne syndicate. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit our website at www.ospodsyndicate.com.au where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.